It's a film with three brains. 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 classic novel comes to the screen, capturing all the intensity, all the excitement, all the emotions of youth. The Outsiders, directed by Francis Coppola. Hi, welcome to the film with three brains. I am Cohen in Maplewood, New Jersey. And I am Sean in Chicago. It's Sam. Definitely Sam in San Francisco. Uh, Rain, Rain Man there. <laughs> yeah. Going off last one. Wow. <laughs> um, we are not talking about Rain Man. We are talking about The Outsiders. From 1983, starring everybody, basically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very deep cast of Brat Packers. Um, before we get too into it, though, we do have uh, some some other business to take care of. Mainly, we had an email. Well, we're starting off with the email. We're not even like, <laughs> shouldn't we wait it till nope. like our part? You've like, got mail. No, we're going to do it right away because it's important. Oh, why? Because it's from Bob Dabalina again of uh, the Money Pit hey. email fame. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. And mm. what he wrote or she is this. You guys killed Paul Sorvino. <laughs> is that true? Is it? Did we? Did you? Did he die after our review of Goodfellas? Uh, I did, I, wait a minute. Did he, did yeah. he just pass? Uh, July 25th. Oh my God, we killed Paul Sorvino. <laughs> we did. Oh crap. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> It is well, a strange is a strange power we wield with this show. It really is. <laughs> or, or it wields us. I don't know. Anyway. All right. That's oh. it. That's the email. That's <laughs> it was 83 I mean, years old. It's a little South Park-esque. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you bastard. What's, this? Well, it's good to know because I don't think any of us really thought about that. I mean, no, until that, until just now, I did not realize that I don't, <laughs> we yeah. had talked about him and then he passed. Yeah. I can't was, remember uh, when we did Goodfellas, but it was in July, right? Yeah. It was just a couple episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. That's uncanny. <laughs> <laughs> it is indeed. Well, uh, I'm looking through this. This is, I mean... It, for any of these people died, well, I shouldn't say any of them, but a lot of them, it would be kind of big news for yeah. for the outsiders because we got. Yeah. I mean, can I just make 
say who's all in this real sure. quickly. See yeah. <laughs> Thomas Hall, Matt Dillon, Ralph Macchio, Patrick Swayze, Rob Lowe, Emilio Estevez, Tom Cruise, Diane Lane, Leif Garrett, Tom Waits, <laughs> Sophia Coppola. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's other people who aren't as famous as those names, but that's a pretty huge list right there. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. I also think that's interesting about this movie, even though we haven't talked about the premise or anything else yet, but for all these people, almost every single one of them went on to do, like, this is a good movie. I think we'll cover that at some point. I'm pretty sure we're going to agree on that. <laughs> but they all went on to do, like, really great movies after this. Sure. Like, they're not even known for this movie because right. they all went on to do great stuff. And right. for a lot of them, like, numerous great things after this. Yeah, I like I like the tidbit about Tom Cruise that it's uh, his the only film of 1983 in which he did not have a starring role because hmm. he also did Risky Business, Losing It, and All the Right Moves. Right, and it was his last supporting role in a film until Magnolia. Huh. Wow. Well, ris- risky Business was huge for him. That 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 movie really launched him. Yeah. And didn't he have the script? And he was talking to he talked to. About uh, Diane Lane playing, what's her name? <laughs> Cherry. Uh, Cherry. No, no. I mean Cherry in the in this film, but he was he was they were working on Risky Business. Oh, and I'm trying to remember um, Rebecca De Mornay. De Mornay's character, but he was you know, and then oh, Francis he wanted, Ford. He wanted he wanted Diane Lane to, to uh, play play that, and uh, Francis Ford Coppola said nah. Apparently. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, but yeah, they're busy. They're all very busy. Yeah. During this time. Sure. The um. So should I give a synopsis or is this well enough known, do you think? I mean, that's an interesting. I don't know that you need to because it's like how many. I mean, almost everyone has to read this in high school or reads it in high school. <laughs> yeah. I'm still not like, sure if I've read it. I know. What? I, what? I know I've seen Rumblefish and I I know we read Rumblefish because I remember the the beta fighting the fighting beta fish. Yeah. And I remember the story. I remember that more than I remember this. Um, so I don't know if I actually read it. You think it was, when did you think we had to read it? In high school? Yeah, mm, or in grade school. I maybe. think it was in grade school. It was grade actually. school. Because we never, they didn't really make us read much in high school. That's true. Yeah. We, we did Weirdly. like red, red badge of courage in, in, in uh, middle school and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But this is true. Yeah, well, I mean, I remember reading The Outsiders, Tex, and Rumblefish. I read those three, but I don't remember if it was for school or not. Hmm. Well, anyway. See. So, The Outsiders is just, you know, Greasers versus the Soches. Two gangs. Um, in the, what, is it the 50s? I was having a hard time figuring out. It looked, like it, it looked like it was early 60s. Is it early it's, 60s? It's supposed to be Tulsa, Oklahoma in, I think, 1965. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, you know, some of one and some of the other get in a fight and, and a kid gets killed and a social kid gets killed and two greasers who were involved in it, uh, sort of go on the lamb, you know, and, uh, end up coming back. I don't know. <laughs> and then there's a big rumble and then, <laughs> you know, there's a, oh, but first there's a, a, a school. What was that? It was on fire. 
Was that their church where they were hiding they out? Church. So like, yeah, what were the kids doing there? There's a and school an bus. An abandoned church. <laughs> a a really, lot of kids too. Yeah. So I never. Kids. I never realized until this viewing that that was the church they were hiding out in. I always thought it was like a school. Yeah. In my memory, it was a school. You know, which would make sense. It's a bunch of kids. You know, I don't know. I think it could. It could be both. It could be a one-room schoolhouse kind yeah. of thing. Anyway, so, so the two the two greases run in and they save a bunch of kids, uh, but the roof collapses and one of them gets hurt really bad and ends up dying. You just ruined it. Slowly. They ruined everything. <laughs> I didn't say who they were though. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who it is. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, I don't know, like a modern classic. I mean, it is a Francis Ford Coppola film short, not that long after, um, you know, Apocalypse Now and, and The Godfather and stuff. Like, he's riding pretty high at this point in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, and is, and uh, it, it, it is it is a, a pretty impressive cast of... Uh, you know, the young up and rising stars of the time. Well, Sam, you said we probably all like it. Do you, does anyone want to elaborate on what they've thought about this movie or should I start? <laughs> you can start <laughs> for it. Okay. Um, I remember the, the, the broad strokes, the fire, the, the rumble, uh, that stuff like that. But I couldn't decide for the first 20 or 30, for a long time I was like is this is this the cheesiest thing I've ever seen or is this am I just looking at this with too modern uh you know a sensibility like the 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 line like some of the lines don't don't work and I and I think that the writing is fine in the book I I, I here's where I'm going I'll just cut to it I feel like this should not have been made into a movie <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a great book that did not, that does not come across as well. Or maybe it could be the fault of Coppola. It could be, you know, there's certain things that could have been done differently. Um, certainly the longer version, like which none of us watched the longer version. Right. I'm sure that's better. I feel like that's got to be better. What do you guys think about that? Do you think it'd be better to see know. the rest of it? I don't know if it's better. I, I see what you're saying about the cheese factor. And I think, I think the primary culprit behind that is the music. Oh yeah, I was just yes. going to say the same thing. I yes. think if you if There's you watch the... this without music, yeah, it, it'll be like a, a pretty different experience. Yeah, and better, or, definitely you know, better. If you I'm, I say without music because that's actually something you might be able to do somehow, but <laughs> I mean, obviously, a better score would would be better in every way. It, but you're right, the writing's not great. And if you look up the screenplay writer's filmography, it's a woman who's written almost exclusively, sort of schmaltzy TV movies with titles like she led two lives and she says she's innocent and tainted blood. You know, these are real things that this woman wrote. What Mm -hmm. kind of mother are you? So I mean, just (laughs) like that one, (laughs) listening to these titles, it's like, okay, perhaps, I mean, perhaps it's not fair to judge, but geez, those sound terrible. Mm -hmm. They sound like soap operas, you know, Hallmark movies, but bad ones. Along the line of mother, may I sleep with danger? Oh yeah, that's a good one. Um, so yeah, but you're right about the music. It's and and there's a good explanation for the music because <laughs> it's his father. It's Carmine Coppola to the music, yeah. and it says that Francis was like 
didn't think it was going to work or he kind of knew it wasn't going to work and he and he added um he got some of the other contemporary music in there like starts with gloria or something like that mm-hmm. yeah, was, by that. Um, yeah that works of course um, yeah. and his father passed before the movie was released and i think that that probably shifted his opinion about the whole thing you know like he mm-hmm. could have he could have well one he's i think it says that he he didn't feel comfortable sort of firing his father you know or saying like oh you did all this work on this movie and now i don't really want to use your music yeah but the cheese factor and the schmaltz factor um but then that also start that that starts with the stevie wonder song this day gold mm-hmm. over the credits you know that's the tone of the film and uh it doesn't want to be that it wants to be dirtier and mm-hmm. tougher and yeah you know so that's it's weird it's just yeah it's just weird how that worked out yeah that to me is the biggest failing in this movie is the music is just it's the music is bad enough that it's distracting yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it undercuts whatever sort of emotional yep. resonance you might find in what they're actually saying and what their relationships are and the struggles they have because the music is so incredibly on the nose in a real ham-fisted and terrible way yeah, and it's a it's an earlier time that that music fits an earlier time of movie making. Well, so here's the thing that stood out to me this time when I watched it, um, and I've only seen it a couple times. Um, but made like giving it more scrutiny, I realized that you know they're reading "Gone with the Wind" in the in the mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the movie, and it seems like they're stealing a little bit of music from the movie gone with the wind <laughs> that that sort of dramatic and even some of the you know the scenery of them at the sunset and the tree yeah i was like oh that's totally a gone with the wind yeah setting and i hadn't realized that before but i was like okay the sunset thing would have been fine but the the orchestral music mm-hmm. does not fit right in a movie with kids who are pulling out switchblades giving each other guns and having a giant fight. Like mm-hmm. it just, it, like, you know, uh, you, you can do it once in the 1990s with, with classical music and John Travolta fighting, uh, you know, face off or whichever <laughs> one. That was. <laughs> but that's about it. You don't need to do it any other time. Yeah. Yeah. I think I it can be sort of encapsulated, encapsulated by the, the quick cuts that he does. So they, they're like, oh, yeah, that was uh, out in the country. You know, everything's better in the country. Hmm. I, I, I remember going with mom and dad in the country. And then there's a shot of, you know, the sunset, the car, them getting doing a picnic. And, and then a car being hit by a train, which is presumably the, their parents dying. Yeah. And and then back to, you know, uh, what, C. Thomas Howell, I think, or somebody was thinking wistfully about this. And that was the, you know. <laughs> I'm reminiscing about this. I don't know. Just that was that, that to me was like the weirdest sort of way to do that. You know? Yeah. That and the fading, you know, putting Ralph Macchio's face, uh, when he's narrating his, his letter. Yeah. Yes. And stuff like that. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I mean, unless it's intentionally, uh, kind of what Sam was saying, you know, it's there nods to Gone with the Wind in a different, diff, you know, sort of different feel, an older feel. But to me, it just seemed weird. Yeah. No, I agree. I think you're right. But it didn't, you know, it didn't ruin the movie. 
yeah. for me. It just it just made me kind of you know ponder like what is it what is it that's bugging me about this movie because it's not the you know it's not the acting not I mean for the most part yeah it, it's pretty good. Uh, I have I have one tiny nitpick about Ralph Macchio's acting that he's going to hate because apparently he was very meticulous about everything. Yeah. <laughs> so he's laying face down uh, after he's been burned and and crushed and and uh, you know he's in real rough shape. And what sets him off is uh, the nurse is like, "Your mom, your mom is here. Your mother is here." He's like, "I don't want to see her." And then he kind of goes. I just, you know like that. yeah <laughs> and his face he like you have to see it to really get the effect but it just looked like he's you know like a fifth grade play or something like what <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what you're going for but that that one didn't work but <laughs> just that look just that shot just that one little facial uh, thing i missed it yeah it's just as well <laughs> um Speaking of acting, I one of the one of the very interesting sort of behind the scenes thing about this movie was the auditioning process. Um, the way Francis Ford Coppola held auditions was pretty unheard of before or since. I don't know if you guys read about it or saw any. There's videos on YouTube you can watch that are oh, really? that have footage and stuff. Oh, that would be cool. And then talking about it, but uh, so basically, what he did is. You know, they, they cast a very wide net. Basically, they wanted to audition like every young actor in Hollywood, and they did. They brought them all together uh, over the course of several days. They had them like, they put them up and they were, you know, like bunking together in hotels or people's houses or whatever. And every day they would come in and they'd all go into a room, like a big room, like almost like an auditorium, like a, like almost like an acting class. And Francis Ford Coppola would just call names from a list and be like, all right, see Thomas Howell, Matt Dillon, you're playing blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Here's the scene. And they'd have their scripts and they'd do the scene. And then he'd say, all right, now switch. All right, now see Thomas Howell, you stay. Uh, you know, Val Kilmer, you come up and play this role. And they did this endlessly over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Matt Dillon tells a funny story that at, at the end of like day two, um, Francis Ford Coppola came up to him and said, all right, kid, you can go home. And he's like, oh, shit. So he left and he called his, his, his manager or his agent or whatever. He said, I blew it. I blew it. I didn't get it. They sent me home. And then like two days later, they called and, and said, you know, he had the part. And they sent him home because they knew, you know, they cast him. But they didn't tell him. Oh, man. <laughs> Which is kind of mean. <laughs> and uh, one of the other things they said is that after like after halfway through day one, he kept telling C. Thomas Howell to stay. All right. He said, Tommy, you stay, read Pony Boy, and then he'd bring someone else to read it. And they'd be, all right, Tommy, stay, your Pony Boy, bring that. And he kept doing that. And that's, see, Thomas Hollis said that's when he pretty much, he was pretty sure he got that part. He had gotten the part. Hmm. Um, you know, I saw but, Scott, Yeah, so they, they listed all kinds of names of, yeah, and, you I was know. Say, Scott, Scott Bale was, was yeah, one yeah. considered. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, anyway, they, they listed off a whole bunch of people. It's all star, you know, people who are stars now. Anthony Michael Hall, that one surprised me a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, I saw it. They, they have footage of his audition. Um, I could see him as Ponyboy. And, and then what was the, uh, the what was the tidbit about Nick Cage doing some method acting by <laughs> shutting himself up with a bunch of beer and then 
watching a Charles Bronson movie or something. What? I didn't see that. <laughs> and then he, yeah, of course he went through what everyone else did and then he wasn't going to get the part he wanted and he just said, nah. Yeah. And, it, you know, it, it, the thing about the audition process is Francis Ford Coppola is on camera saying, oh, yeah, you know, it was fun. We just all got in a room. And then you know, the actors are like, it sucked. <laughs> it super sucked. You're in this you know, room with all these other actors. Everyone's so nervous. Like, when do you ever have to audition in front of the competition? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So everyone's just like, this is awful. They just hated it. You know, it's just grueling all day doing this every day for however long, you know? Yeah, and, <laughs> and to read, like, it's like we're just having fun. <laughs> <laughs> they must have had to read six or seven parts that they have not prepared for, so they sure. they probably felt very uncomfortable about that. Mm-hmm. Helen Slater was someone who read for all the you know for um, Cherry and her friend and stuff. Is that a name I should know? Helen, Helen Slater. Slater um, she was Supergirl in the eighties. Oh, okay. Um, also, picture uh, the Legend of Billie Jean, and she mm-hmm. was the. The love interest in Secret of My Success. Okay. With Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. Gotcha. Anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> well, so I have to apologize to the the students of Fresno, California and the uh, the librarian that, made, that got this film made because <laughs> they wrote to Coppola and because I liked the book so much and they told him to make it a, make it a movie. Really? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. So I <laughs> again, that's the dedication of, at the beginning, right? Yeah, they did it. It's in, it's in the or in the or maybe credits. it's the very end. Yeah, credits. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a young adult novel that they probably liked a lot and I think that the cast got to go back and or well, it was I I don't know when that was, but they got to meet the the kids or something hmm. at some point. I don't know. All right, then. Who's got uh, a segue? I got uh, a question for you <laughs> off of liking the book. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's a good book. It's it's super famous and all that. But as I'm watching the movie and not rereading the book, I'm like, does this movie, like, it doesn't, develop a lot of the themes that you think nowadays are things that would resonate with teenagers, at least to me. But that's, I wanted, like, I was like, okay, you know, not having parents around, like, that's a very much like 70s, 80s things, you know, latchkey kids, all Mm -hmm. that stuff. Whereas, like, nowadays it's like parents are everywhere, you know, like, um, I don't know, some of these themes, it just, I just felt like, you know, maybe it doesn't, do you think that today's teenage, like when you look at the movies made for teenagers now, that this movie has those themes that would still resonate? You know, that's one of the reasons we do the review is to say, like, hey, should the younger audience like, the, you know, watch this, will they like it? Like, any thoughts on that? Hmm. Uh, I, I would imagine a, a younger audience would find it pretty hokey. Overall, 
just the things we were talking about with the music and some of the writing and yeah i'm not talking about the actual film itself but like even the book itself do you oh, think the... it's still oh. even even do you think it still resonates like yeah like i think i think the the social divide when we were in high school existed in kind of the same way but just not as as violently um <laughs> and i don't know that it, if it does or doesn't in the same way but i, I just like like these kids kind of being on their own not having parents i like like i don't know that like is that part of it like yeah i don't know and i also thought like from a movie standpoint the 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 possibility of romance is really minimized i mean it's there but it doesn't yeah. it doesn't have the same strength that i think a of today's version would have mm-hmm. um i think it would be more about that um but yeah, I was just trying, I was looking at this and I was like, you know, I like this. I really like the book. Um, but at the same time, I was having a really hard time being like, okay, today, would it do the, the themes still mean as much, you know, cause it's definitely not Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. You know? No, but I think, I think it would still resonate to, I mean, I think the idea of, Stories about kids whose parents are absent is always going to resonate with kids because yeah. it's, it's like, it's this dual thing where it's a fantasy and it's a fear, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like kids, it you know, kids see movies about home alone and they're like, Oh my God, that's amazing. You know, like this would be incredible. But then, you know, other, th- I, what am I trying to say? Like it's, it's, it's short lived, you know I mean? When it, when it, by the end I would think kids are like, Oh you know, great. His, his family came back, you know? Right. Right. So the themes like that are always going to be a draw. And then just like us versus them is always going to be resonant, you know? Maybe it's that simple. Yeah. You know, that's that sort of thing. And like having your group of friends, you know, movies like stand by me or even the Goonies and stuff where, you know, like a group of kids, you know, face, adult things together you know yeah so you know i think those are pretty universal oh well here we go she's essie hinton is credited with introducing the ya genre oh i didn't yes. know that yeah I, that's yeah freaking amazing <laughs> like, yeah yeah we didn't give her enough credit for sure and the lone star elementary school kids who made it happen i'm i believe in your dream and and just because I didn't think it was perfect doesn't mean it shouldn't have happened. <laughs> Susan Eloise Hinton. Hmm. Hmm. Well, well, well. And she, we didn't, and she oh, wrote when she was very young, too. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't... Uh, well, yeah. We also didn't mention that Matt Dillon stars in all three... Or, well, two of... Well, all three of the books that, or movies that were based on her books... I don't think there was more than that. Was there just Tex, Rumblefish, and Outsiders? That so was Matt Dillon stars not, in all of them. Was not. Yeah. And the, Francis Ford Coppola directed Rumblefish too. Yeah. Uh, Coppola was getting frustrated with him, and he called him like an airhead or something. And then apparently he 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 warmed to him. He got you know wanted to keep working with him. Dylan, yeah. I mean, we didn't talk a lot about Dylan either, but he's he's got some crazy ass films like the, the yeah. Bukowski film and the, mm-hmm. um, I mean, he's got a weird career. 
Yeah. Good and bad. Yeah, he does. And then I remember uh, there's something about Mary yeah. coming so far to left field, seeing Matt Dillon be fucking hilarious. That was great. That was, was great. so surprising because I don't, I don't, I don't know. Was he? I can't. He must have done something where he was funny before that, right? But not like that. I don't. Not, think. Yeah, I mean, he also has one of the all-time great deliveries of the word "fuck" in that movie. <laughs> First chink in the armor, Ted. <laughs> Is that is that what he says? No, it's when oh. he's, he's listening. He's got a bug or whatever in her apartment or her house or wherever. And the fucking delivery guy, the pizza delivery guy, Norm, yeah. you know, who's supposed to be the British like professor or whatever, outs Matt Dillon. She tells him who he is and he goes, fuck. And it's just like, it's just the perfect delivery of the word. <laughs> You've really got a, a whole lexicon of, of fucks. Oh, yeah. You know what? You, yeah, you should you should put together a small video of all your favorite movie ones. <laughs> we could do a whole episode on the. On the uh, I'd like. I'd watch the best it. One. Oh, the perfect fuck. I, the perfect yeah. Fun. Oh jeez. Yeah, I like it. And then yeah, I, I'd, I'd probably I'd give you like a hundred views myself. Yeah, I'm sure of it. <laughs> all right, let me let me give it some thought. Let yeah. me put together a list. That'll be my starting point. Nice. Hmm. Yeah, I'm looking through his list, and I'm not really seeing any comedies jump out till that movie. It's like you got to wonder, like, why did the Fairley Brothers cast him? <laughs> yeah, I can't. Well, I can't. I'd like, did he audition, or did they? Were they just like, you know what? Fucking Matt Dillon would kill this. <laughs> <laughs> like the most visionary casting ever. They're just like. <laughs> He's never done a single thing that even brought a smile to my face, but God damn it, he would be so funny in this movie. I mean, they, they made Cameron, they talk made Cameron about Diaz because, likable, so. Yeah. This is on my list. What is? I said, uh, this movie's on Mary? my list. Oh, so, so. oh boy. It's got to be on your guys' list, at least one mm. of yours. Not on mine, actually. Yeah. I don't know if it is. It would be, though. So. Oh, it is. It is. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. There I would go. probably be more inclined to pick Dumb and Dumber. Oh, I mean, I'd put both on, but I think this one I would choose just because I've seen Dumb and Dumber so many times that this one I haven't gone back and seen mm-hmm. in a long time. But anyway, what's wrong with Cameron Diaz? I just, well, she, she was very <laughs> likable in that movie. Well, as a person, when, 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 when is she not likable? How, how long do you have? <laughs> oh, jeez. Have you ever seen some of her? I mean, she's got some bad movies. Do you oh, know that, that, that some good ones? The care so in Lost in Translation, the um, is it Anna Ferris or someone plays this yeah. girl? Mm-hmm. She's playing Cameron Diaz. Oh, she's trying to be. She's talking about doing jujitsu and stuff, and her diet and all this stuff, and and they're they're lampooning Cameron Diaz in that movie. Oh, well, and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I get it. We um. All right, I guess we shouldn't talk about anything from the 90s. <laughs> I mean, she's terrible in Gangs of New York. Woefully miscast, holy God. Yeah, that's a weird one. She's, yeah, I'm not saying she's awful. But I she's just, good in other stuff. Some stuff I just really don't like with her. I, I like that night and day with Tom Cruise and her in it. I mean, I love it, but I, it was watchable. Yeah, entertaining. She's good hey. in the mask. <laughs> no comment there. It's like your first movie, though, so. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I do agree that the, the romance was either underdeveloped or a little misguided somehow because Cherry is first, you know, hates her social boyfriend, then is kind of, you know, befriending the greasers. And then she has that line. She's like, I, I don't know, I'm, I might end up loving or falling in love with them. Mm-hmm. That's what she's talking about. Dallas. Yeah. And I, I think, I don't know, this is my total conjecture, but <laughs> uh, she and Matt Dillon dated briefly, it said on set. <laughs> and mm. I wondered if they threw that in there or something, because there's really no development for that either, is there? I mean, it's well, just Well, it's just of, that he's a bad boy kind of thing. He's a bad think, boy, you know. But she seems, she seems to pretty much hate that. Yeah. Because she was getting the, she was getting plenty of bad boy from her, her boy, her current boyfriend. Yeah. You know, she wasn't having any of it. I mean, her, I mean, in the movie, her role seems strictly so that they have a reason to. The go between them, right? Well, just so the, the socials have a reason to attack the, the, the greasers in the way they did. You know, she feels like a plot device exclusively. But she also, but she helped, she's in between though, because she also tells. Yeah. She's a messenger. She's like, she's their mole. <laughs> they're not, no weapons, which, you know. Which she's seemed gonna, totally unnecessary. Right. <laughs> right there yeah they could have just agreed you yeah. know <laughs> because they seem pretty clear on the other rules they're like yeah no jazz before the rumble you know the rules yeah the rules. Th- she fits into the the subtler theme of the even when people are divided like there is no group that's pure evil or purely good yeah and yes because she's she's got the line like like hey even though he probably deserved dying like he still had some redeeming qualities mm-hmm. and then his buddy um it was i think it was leaf garrett right who called him aside in the in the mustang and you know they kind of had that moment too oh that was the, it was the other no, guy. that was randy bob oh, randy yeah. leaf yeah. garrett was bob and he got stabbed yeah yeah sorry um so and then they had that moment too, and, and and that's part of what's separating, you know, like, like, like Pony Boy's realizing he doesn't belong in this world of, of you know, we're the good guys, they're the bad guys, and it's 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 clear cut like that, and I think that's part of the development of the film is that both of these two characters are on the social side, or she's in between, and helping him, you know, see that 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 he doesn't fit in there. Yeah. So. I don't think she's strictly, uh, she doesn't feel like a force upon plot device. I mean, she might be a plot device, but it doesn't feel heavy handed to me. Yeah. Um, her sidekick, what's, uh, I can't remember the character name or the actor's name. Was it Meredith May, Mayhem? Oh, um, Marsha. Marsha? That's character's Marcia. name. Okay. So Marsha, her friend, um, <laughs> it was bugging me. I was like, who, why does she, what's her face? Why, how do I know her? Do you guys know a movie with Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer oh, yeah. that she would She's be in? She's a real genius. genius. Yeah. It was so weird to see her in that role after pretty much knowing her as this yeah. nerd girl in uh, mm-hmm. Real Genius. She, she looks very different. I didn't recognize her till I like looked her up. And even then I was like, oh. That's her, I guess. She has a line that something about, well, you know, bury him later. And she says, bury him. Yeah. She's got this, I guess it's Canadian or something, but I was like, oh, wait a minute. That doesn't sound like Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, there's a few things I forgot about it. Um, and one of them has to do with accents. Uh, for a little while there, I was like, what, 
and I don't remember the book. I haven't read it since we were kids, but you know, I, I was thinking for a while, I'm like, I know I, 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 I wasn't sure where it took place at first. I thought it was Texas. Um, but I knew it was the South. So, you know, I'm like, why is Matt Dillon sound like he's from New York? I mean, Matt Dillon is from New York, but I'm like, why is this character from New York? What is he doing mm-hmm. here? And then, yeah. and, then, and then later he says, you know, I always thought if I was going to get killed, it'd be in New York. Who knew I'd have to go, you know, to Oklahoma or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then the, when they're doing the audition, the, the video I watched about auditioning, they talked about, Francis Ford Coppola talked about that character being from New York and with Matt Dillon, it just seemed so, you know, it was just so perfect because he's from New York. He sounds like he is, you know, and he was right for the part in other ways. But anyway, so that was, I, I, I didn't remember... I didn't remember why they had a, a guy with a New York accent. Um, I didn't remember that the the um, the social kid gets killed so early. Mm-hmm. I thought that yeah. I always I always pictured that as sort of like the th- beginning of the third act, like towards yeah. the end. And then when it happened, I was like, "Oh, oh, that's the, we're just getting started here." Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then I didn't remember that this movie is basically. Starring Matt Dillon, Ralph Macchio, and C. Thomas Howell. Yeah. Like, it's them three for almost the whole movie. They're in, like, every scene. Mm-hmm. One of them, or both, uh, you know. And I forgot how small the other parts were. Particularly uh, Patrick Swayze and Rob Lowe. My yeah. memory was, like, was it was far more balanced. Like, they had large roles. They were part of everything. Right, and, they're a gang. It should be. A, yeah, like, you know? and you know, I remember Tom Cruise having a small role. I remember that. I remember. I always remembered Emilio Estevez having a much larger role. And like in my memory, he had a he had such a prominent role. But I think also it's just like for me, Emilio Estevez is the best performance in this movie. <laughs> I just love him. He's so funny. He just ca- yeah. cracks me up, you know. And he's got so much interesting energy. And you know, I don't know. He's just he's great. He's so good in it. Yeah, he grabs the cake and the beer and just. (laughs) (laughs) Did you read that his he thought up the, you know he was going to be a laid back character and and he the Mickey Mouse and stuff that was his idea watching cartoons. Yeah, I think that was a great scene too because it was this this you know like you said these these kids who are on their own and in one in moment before that you know patrick swayze he's trying to be the adult trying to like clean up the house do this that and the other mm-hmm. and then the cartoons come on and everything stops and it's like <laughs> you know just boys watching cartoons yeah you know yeah. and then you know it's it's i, th- I thought it was just this great like like they think they're old and old enough to be smart or not need parents and all the stuff but they're also just boys at the same time yeah i thought it was that that scene put all that together really nicely <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Tom, Cruise, Tom Cruise didn't have a lot of lines, but he had to do that backflip off the car. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently he was, did you read that bit? It was yeah. like, no, <laughs> he was really worried about it. And he talked to S.E. Hutton and she's like, well, do you think it would help you through up? And he's like, yeah, maybe it would. And then <laughs> I guess it was her suggestion to eat a bunch of raw eggs or something oh, until he yes. threw up. <laughs> Why would throwing up help? I don't know. Oh, it said he had, he had, had he a big nervous. meal. Yeah. Oh. He's nervous. He couldn't do it. And he had a lot of food or something. I don't know. It just sounds bizarre. There's a I lot of weird if, stuff. I wonder if like modern day Tom Cruise, as he's like dangling off an airplane or 
you know, on the outside of the world's tallest building, thinks back to that moment, thinks, Jesus Christ, what a pansy I was. <laughs> well, I guess, but I mean, <laughs> why even do that? I mean, Patrick Swayze, he, all he did was like a little handstand on a bar or something, you know, when they're mm-hmm. coming out of the house to go into the rubble. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's a gymnast or whatever. It's like, that's, that's a pretty straightforward thing, but doing a backflip in full costume off of some old, the hood of some old car. That's not, that's nothing to sneeze at. So (laughs) I'm, I would think he looks back on it as the first time he challenged himself, you know, maybe he's like, yeah, yeah, I like that. I'm going to do that again. (laughs) I'm going to do this forever. There is, um, there in that, uh, that thing about, uh, the auditions, uh, while I was looking at that, I found another video. It was like a reunion and, hmm. uh, the actors got together, not all of them, but most of them. It was, I saw, uh, it was C. Thomas Hall, Ralph Macchio. Um, I forgot who else was there, but they were at some location and they were talking and then they sat, they were sitting down to eat and C. Thomas Howell had, uh, like an original print of the movie poster with the photograph, a print of the photograph, like taped to it of all them together laughing. And they told a story about, about um, sort of the background of the picture. They were at a photo shoot or they're doing a photo shoot, but it was on set and off to the side. um, There was a catering, you know, table set up with food. And one of the crew members, you know, was, was, over there going to get something and then saw I forgot how it went they got chastised or something and the actors overheard it and then Leif Garrett uh, sometime later went up to it and Ralph Macchio said hey Leif that food's for actors only and they all started laughing at at the you know the little burn there implying he's not an actor you know or he's bad I don't mean to correct you but I just I just came across it yeah. Okay. They said that's for the talent, and then oh, Ralph talent, said, right? Hey, if that's for the talent, <laughs> right? That's for the talent. <laughs> and they all started laughing, and, and the photographer snapped the pic right then. And so I don't know if you guys have seen the poster lately, but I can't remember it. No. Um, Ralph Macchio has sort of like a, a sort of a smug look, and see Thomas Hall's grinning like a fool, and Tom Cruise is g- grinning, and and uh, Rob Lowe is turned looking at Matt Dillon laughing, like full out laughing, and Matt Dillon's laughing pretty hard, and hmm. and. Uh, Patrick Swayze is laughing, and then Emilio uh, Estes is just staring at the cameras, totally, totally, uh, totally serious. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's a great picture. I guess that's why they put it on the poster. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that that they tried. Like, um, did you read that they they gave them different scripts? One was really fancy for the socias, like a leather bound script. And oh then the, yeah, you know, and then the. The greasers got a bunch of beat up crap and <laughs> <laughs> and they had to stay on the ground floor of the hotel. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's, he was trying to make, you know, get them in gangs and, and sort of create tension between yeah. them. There's a lot of that stuff. Or like making the three boys, brothers, spend the night in that house where they filmed it and just like ha- make themselves a meal and, and hang out, you know, <laughs> together. And I yeah. guess they couldn't cook or anything, but, you know. It's, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. like some of that stuff wouldn't fly, and especially most of these guys are are still teenagers. Yeah, like you'd think that. I mean, Ralph Macchio, without you know the scar and all the dirt and everything, but he still has a, a baby face, and he sounds like he's twelve. Yeah, well, he you was. Know? He's one of the older 
He's one of the oldest. 20. It's crazy. He's 20. Yeah. Playing a 16-year-old. Yeah. Uh, C. Thomas is supposed to be 14. He's, I think, 15 at the time, something like that. And then all the, everyone else, I mean, except for Patrick Swayze, uh, they're in their teens. Yeah. I can't, well, I can't believe Ralph Macchio is two years older than Matt Dillon. That's so weird. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> when you watch that movie, I'm just like, oh, yeah, Matt Dillon's the older kid. <laughs> no. It's crazy. Patrick Swayze was what? Like, was he in his 30s? He was 29. 29. Yeah. And he played a 20-year-old. Yeah. So that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I didn't know he was supposed to be 20. I just figured he was a little bit older. Yeah. Didn't take away from it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and apparently Ralph Macho really wanted that part. So maybe that's part of the reason that he stuck in that in that role. Yeah. He just wanted, wanted it so much. I like the little bit about, um, so, you know, C. Thomas and, and, and Ralph Macchio had to spend a lot of time together and then do a lot of scenes together and they're best friends and all this stuff. But, um, but Macchio was, was really serious and, um, and C. Thomas wanted, uh, he wanted to beat his high score on Pac-Man, <laughs> <laughs> which I can relate to. Um, and, and Ralph Macchio was demanded that they rehearse lines instead and, you know but again so he's 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 older you know he's yeah five years older yeah so he's like thinking about this as a career you know and yeah c thomas probably had no idea if this was you know he had he made it or i don't know i think for c thomas this you know he he gets the leading role you know he's he's the number one billing on this and i he's of all the people this is He's the one who I don't think made a way better movie afterwards. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's count Red Dawn. I don't. What? <laughs> Get out of here. Especially him in that movie because he's so frantic the whole movie. It's like, come on. He, okay. What about The yeah. Hitcher? Soul oh, okay. Man. That's not bad. <laughs> the Hitcher's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Soul Man. Soul Man. Great. I almost picked that. <laughs> Please don't. I know. I literally I know almost picked it instead of the outsiders. I was this close. Oh, it's so cringy. <laughs> well, that that's the perfect reason to watch it. To I know see how cringy it is. Yep. Right. Right. Agreed. Yeah. It's been a while since we've had a true a true cringe fest. So, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, he. You're right. He hasn't. He didn't go on to do anything all that great after i mean he's been he's you know i mean he's done stuff he's been a working actor since the whole time he's done a zillion things yeah you know and he's done some good stuff here and there and whatever you know but yeah you're he he, he's the sort of the anomaly of them all i think this this is probably the best thing he's he's done i wonder what the story is there if he just didn't Get, pick the right follow-up movies because I mean he was recognized for doing a, a good job in this movie yeah maybe just a couple of you know I mean uh, you gotta imagine you, you pick a couple of films that don't do well and you know it probably doesn't take very many before people start to think well, the last movie mm-hmm. he made it you know when you took a five million dollar loss or a twenty million dollar loss like that people get yeah. skittish I would imagine when um, I see him, I, I I sometimes confuse him with Timothy Hutton. Uh, yeah. And I was surprised to learn that Timothy Hutton was actually 
part of that group they auditioned, or at least they considered him for yeah. I the C. Thomas. I mean, Taps was kind of a, a yeah. well received, and him and Tom Cruise were in that. And, that and I dare say, the outsiders. this may be a stretch, but I dare say Timothy Otten would have been a better choice. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. After watching Ordinary People. I mean, yeah, I think, in retrospect, I guess, but yeah, I feel like T- Timothy Hutton is sort of another actor who, you know, he's he's always been working. He's done some interesting things here and there, but he never really was a breakout star in a way that maybe he deserved to be. I've always thought of Timothy Hutton as a really great actor who just never, never really made it super huge, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows who he is, I think, right? Yeah, I think so. No, no. Well, because Timothy of the who he's he's still working too. We talked about <laughs> sure, him, right in the TV and stuff. And can't so, if you so, have you guys have you guys ever seen a 1990 masterpiece starring C. Thomas Hall called Side Out? Yes, of course, with you <laughs> at your house. Yes. So you could have picked that one, and I've been. I, I would have been less cringy. That that movie sucks nuts, man. Well, it you made terrible. me watch it, so it'd be perfect for well, us. I didn't know podcast. how awful it was at the time. <laughs> it was just a movie about beach volleyball. It looked awesome. You didn't yeah, go. You didn't stand. Been. You didn't stand up, turn off the VCR, and go. Oh, this sucks. I'm not watching this. I, I think I, I don't think I've I think ever I was turned off you. a movie. Did you? Were we all there? Or did I think I... So <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw this. Yeah, well, we played a lot of volleyball, so it makes sense that yeah, sure we would have been interested in a movie about a kid from Wisconsin playing vo- uh, beach volleyball on the pro beach tour <laughs> in, in California. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, the best thing about that movie is the, the big climactic scene where they win the whole kit and caboodles. A slow motion shot of a foul, like an illegal <laughs> play. <laughs> like, wait a minute. You can't do that. That's against the rules. Well, like kick under the, no, no, that. it's like a, it's like it's like this. It's 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 like the lamest climax ever, where it's like the ball's over the net and both guys go up to try and get it, and it's like they show a slow motion shot of the ball hit his left hand and then mm-hmm. his right hand, oh. <laughs> and then it goes down and hits the sand in double inbounds. Hit. You're like, well, that's a double hit. You can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work. What are you doing? <laughs> but also, like, holy shit, what a boring play to hang your whole film on. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Anyway, <laughs> I mean, it's terrible. Top to bottom, it's awful. Okay, so we may have to, we may have Soul Man to look forward to, but not side out. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Out. Okay. <laughs> I, I can live with that. <laughs> or this yeah. is one big bait and switch. <laughs> Son of a bitch. We'll just we'll we won't know until it's my pick. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure Red Dawn's on your list somewhere too. Of course it is. Red Dawn's awesome. <laughs> I say that with no irony. Uh, well, you're crazy in the coconut that's been established. So Wolverines. Uh, yeah, that's I mean throw charlie sheen and then it's the same movie i know i can't believe charlie sheen's not in the outsider <laughs> i was kind of wondering that too i was expecting his name to show up in the in in the trivia or the casting or something i was like where where's charlie he's the one of the only people who's missing yeah, yeah. uh what was what's, what, what year outsiders came out in 83 yeah let's see what charlie sheen was doing in 83 
Grizzly 2, Revenge. Ooh, yes. Mm. All right, so maybe he was even too unknown for the outsiders, but then he was. Then he did Red Dawn a year later, so. Um, <laughs> are we going to cover the double-ups or? Uh, I did not do my homework. Go. Did any, any interns get on that or? Well, there's, um, I let's, mean. Let's do the, the important ones anyway. Well, Patrick Swayze was Roadhouse right near the beginning mm-hmm. of our Tom, Tom Cruise. Yep, the firm. Um, Tom Waits. <laughs> I I don't remember what we've done, but I know I remember talking about Tom Tom Waits. Anyone? No. Um, Heather Langenkamp was in The Outsiders, but her scenes were deleted, so hmm. she's sort of a double up with uh, Nightmare Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, what else? There's like <laughs> the DP, the director of photography, is a double up. Okay, I just don't remember what else he did. <laughs> oh, thanks. We got to move uh, it along, so that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I just remember that he was. You said Emilio Estevez, right? Uh, no, I did not. No. no. What was he in? Yeah, that, we, that we did. Didn't we do um, uh, stakeout? Oh, right. Oh. Forgot about stakeout. Yes. Um, we should do some more of his movies, though. We should. I, I like him. Not we wisdom, though. No. Not wisdom. No, not yeah. wisdom. All right. All right. Uh, you know what? I don't think the DP is a double up. I don't know why I thought. That's weird. Huh. All right. Well, I, I screwed that up. Great. <laughs> we we never screw up. <laughs> it's a first. That's right. It's never happened. Uh, I don't Actually, know. Actually, I, I don't. Is that I don't it? See, I don't think Tom Waits is a double up either. Now I'm looking at his filmography. He's, no, in, he's Tom not. Waits is in something that I've almost picked a zillion times too that I keep sort of he's, keep my back pocket. Don't say it because he's on my list too. Oh, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> so at some point, someone All might right. steal someone's. I he's, know. In, he's in a handful of movies in the in the late 80s and 90s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could be on... I'm pretty good. Since too. I usually pick better movies, you're probably <laughs> picking one of the worst ones. <laughs> it might not be the same movie. That's true. It's very true. Yeah. <laughs> is, is that it for double ups? Those are the Have obvious we ones. We haven't covered Diane Lane or... Um... Why I can't I can't think, huh? I mean, uh, just um, speaking of like never doing anything good again, kind of or not as good. Francis Ford Coppola, like for all he is lauded, hasn't done a lot since like this. Mm. You know that I would consider all that good you know i mean that's not true there's a few there's a few in there um you know after this he did rumblefish eh. uh cotton club is good peggy sue got married's good tucker managed dreams good after uh, that dracula good or bad uh, uh that's such a weird one because there's so much about it that's awesome but then there's this equal amount about it that totally sucks mm-hmm that's why it's on my list. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a good one. It's it's a it's a weird it's a weird entity that movie. It's that's, strange. So I remember the weirdness of it, and I just um, so that's why I'm like, okay, I'm curious. You know, I'll, 
it ha- it's it's so it's so bizarre it has like the like the most amazing performance by Gary Oldman and then like the worst performance of anyone in a movie ever with Keanu Reeves you know yeah it's such a it's such, it, the movie is just all like the best and the worst of things jammed together I don't think Winona Ryder was great in that either. No, she's not. No. <laughs> so he's he's a double up in a way because he was the executive producer for Black Stallion. Oh. Uh, oh. Sweet. Yeah. You're like, but, yeah but then, you know, no, Francis Ford like Coppola, he directs dog shit yeah, like Jack, no, you know, just fucking garbage. <laughs> uh, he directed like this bizarre horror movie about 10 years ago called Twixt. It was totally unwatchable. And there's a few other turds in there. The Rainmaker is like, meh. It wasn't awful, but it's not good. It's okay. Anyway. All right. Yeah, it is It is odd. Because when you have one of the best movies ever that people will talk about forever. Or like two of the best movies ever. Well, yeah, two at least. And uh, then you do a bunch of crap. It... it your your logic would dictate one of those is, has to be wrong. Either it's not as good as you think it was, or those other ones aren't as bad as you think it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, or at least it seems like it should it should be that way. Yeah, your, your brain Coppola, is He seems like he's got like the heart of a of like a independent sort of experimental art house filmmaker who just happened to like make a couple of huge blockbuster masterpieces in early on his career and it sort of ruined him as a filmmaker kind of hmm. like he was never able to sort of get back this is a feeling i get I, I have no reason to i have no evidence to back this up it's just like <laughs> seeing what he's done listening to him speak you know i don't know i feel like george lucas is similar he was just like a kid who wanted to make weird kind of experimental films and then star Wars happened and you know, he's like, Oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Yes. Some people have greatness thrust upon them. Some people only have a couple of really good ideas. Yeah. Hmm. It's true. I like a lot of bands that only have one or two albums. Yeah. Yeah. Just can't keep, Doing the it. one hit wonder, mm-hmm. all of it. The one album wonder, right? So you could be pretty young and watch The Outsiders because they they made this what PG originally, and then for the extended re-release, I think they upped it to PG thirteen. Oh yeah, I know. I would PG- imagine all the smoking. People are like, you can't have smoke. Children smoking. Yeah. It's got to be. I'm surprised it's not rated R because of that. I mean, I, you can. I was thinking about the the stabbing in the in the fountain mm-hmm. because they don't show it. They don't show, they don't it. show it, and they don't. You know what happens, but you really don't see any of it. Yeah, and uh, which worked. It works. Yeah. yeah, and then you see the aftermath, and you're like, oh. Mm-hmm. And I remember that seeing that as a kid and going, wait, did he just? Oh wait, oh. You know, you don't really know, is someone actually dead? Or are they just badly wounded? You know? Yeah. So if you're a kid, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, you know, offend you in some horrible visceral way. It's going to give you nightmares. Yeah. But it's still violent. I mean, it's a very violent. We were say, we were joking about, oh, is there any fighting in this movie? I mean, there's a fight 30 seconds in. 
<laughs> they're, be- they're beating some Hispanic kid up when he pulls out a switchblade. And, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you know. Yeah. That's why you picked it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. And the, the rumble itself took him like a week to shoot all of that. And people got all beat up. And Tom Cruise had to go to the dentist. C. Thomas Howell said later that he'd actually got knocked out. That was a f- the first punch of the whole thing was a real punch. <laughs> Whoops. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. What are we doing next? What is next? I know who's next. Yeah. It's me. Um, I'm wondering if you want a bit of a choice. These are movies oh, I have what? seen before. Oh, um, from one well, decade. Wait, you're trying to you're trying to offload your responsibility to pick on well, us. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. We'll see how this turns out. Uh-huh. It may not be. I, I'm the deciding vote, obviously. Uh-huh. But <laughs> oh, well, that's good to know. Um, All right. What decade do you think this is? <laughs> I think it's the '90s. I concur. Ooh. You are both wrong. We're going back to the 80s. We're sticking with awesome. 80s. Because um, it's fertile. <laughs> Early and late 80s. And one is... These These are two directors that have... I think... I would say that these movies are the movie for this these directors. I'm not... They're not ones I would even... Uh, I, I wouldn't say I hadn't heard of them, but I, I couldn't have told you who directed these movies until I looked them up. Okay. And one is more... Another kind of a guy-guy movie... Mm-hmm. Um, a guy, and, guy movie. Well, a guy, a guy movie. Um, oh, not like a teenage a long guy or two guy. <laughs> said guy, guy, and then he changed it to guy. A, okay, I'll just go with a guy movie, a, a movie that guys seem to like. Mm-hmm. Which we've talked about. You know, there's certain movies that we've done that just seem seem to be more guy movies, like a Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross type of deal or something. Oh, okay. that's just a good movie, but it also has a lot of guys in it. Um, or the other choice would be a fantasy adventure which we haven't done in a while i was is is the fantasy adventure willow it is not willow mm. but um, i was gonna say labyrinth Ooh, that's a good one it's not that raining story <laughs> so i see I, you guys your strategy is to pick is to guess the movie so i have to pick that movie no but no. the other one you didn't give us any yeah what did you, we don't what have enough to go us? on for the other okay. one unless it's okay. like lethal weapon Guy 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 movie. Uh, There is some fighting in it, um, but it's really not about. Oh wait wait wait! It's it's a martial arts movie. No, it's not martial. It's not a Cohen. It's well, no. I think this is. I'm assuming we all like this movie. I we, I know I like it. I watch it a lot. (laughs) Oh, Um, you watch it a lot. I do. Mm -hmm. And then the the fantasy adventure movie, I I think I've only seen it once. So. So it's kind of like a mainstream pick and more of a obscure pick. Hmm. And I don't, yeah. Unless I give you more hints, you're probably not. You can probably imagine which way I would lean. The guy movie. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sam, you want to do? You want to pick fantasy? He's well. He's going mainstream. I'm going obscure. Is that the? I, I mean, we're, be. we're not, we don't want to pigeonhole anybody, but, but this, that, is, yeah. this is, this <laughs> is, I mean, that's kind of how things roll. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, wait, who, who chose, uh, 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 the Matthew Broderick one? 
the fantasy. Oh, yeah, that Amy was Amy uh, did, right? No, did? you did. Sam picked Lady Hawk. I think. She oh, picked, no, you, guys, she, you should pick Beastmaster. Yeah, okay. we picked Beastmaster. Amy picked Beastmaster, Beast and okay. you picked Yeah, I picked Lady, Lady Hawk. Hawk. I had never right. seen it. Yeah. All right, so, you know, this has been established. Okay. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll take the road not taken. But wait, okay. that's not... Over. The point of this isn't to have a split, is it? Because then, no, Sean, no, that is, then Sean, the you just pick. Because then pick, Sean so. just picks. Yeah. <laughs> I like it, because then we stick it back to him. <laughs> All right, I'm flipping a coin. I'm literally going to flip a coin. <laughs> <laughs> the suspense comes... is killing it. Oh. We're, like, we're how going... can you be unhappy? I don't you're know. So... That's weird. You're right. You're Why so am I disappointed? Would it land on its I side? Sh- I could <laughs> just as easily lie, too. I could just say, <laughs> oh, it went the other way. So. No, it went mainstream. So, 1988, a guy movie at the director's name. I'll tell you because it won't even give it away. Mm-hmm. Um where is it? Uh, is <laughs> John Dahl? Oh, is it Red Rock West? It is not, but um, but you're you're uh, you're circling my wagon here. You're you're. Huh. It's not um, Red Rock West, huh? Young Guns. What did I write? Oh, wait a minute. I'm so sorry. I'm such an idiot. It's not an '80s movie. It's 1998. Oh, I was right. What is it? What I is said it? 90s. No, I don't know what it is. You were right. You were totally right about 90s. Okay. Uh, I so late 90s. Late 90s. Movie. John Dahl, guy movie. Uh, it's in New York. It has famous people in it. Is it? Um, two main actors. Is it? Um, I've been waiting to pick, to, pick this Damon? forever. It is. Oh, it's, I know. Oh, it. is it Rounders? It is. Yeah. Yeah. I like that movie. Yeah, me too. I haven't seen it in oh, a long time. It's on my list. I, wrote, I wrote down Rounders 1988. What the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll That's cool. Maybe, <laughs> good might pick. not do another experiment like that for a while because it <laughs> never seems to go right for me. <laughs> That's all right. But yeah, That's got a, can't go wrong. Some, a handful of uh, highly successful actors in it. Yes, and I may just pick my next round. I may just pick the other movie, but you may not because you haven't guessed it yet. So, right. I may not. That's right. So now, right. wait, hold on. So we are going to do Rounders by John Dahl, nineteen ninety-eight. Nineteen ninety-eight. Matt Damon. Oh yeah, he did. He did. Red, Red Rock West. I thought he so. did. Yeah. No, yeah. you were circling it. You were. Yeah. It was Red Rock West. I think he did Unforgettable, The Last Seduction. Joy hey, next time. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, I yeah. just save it. I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to hear what he did. <laughs> I don't care. I don't want to know. Yeah. Later. Cool. All and right. uh, one more time, if, if there's any more Bob Dublin is out, out there and you want to chime in and, and correct us or help us out in any way. Yeah. It's. Uh, uh, go ahead. Oh, I. it's the film with three brains dot uh, at gmail.com. But I, I was gonna say, I really hope Tom Cruise doesn't die tomorrow. Oh yeah, that, that would be weird. No, <laughs> or anyone else in the film. People. Yeah, anybody. <laughs> but Tom Cruise is a, the biggest star. I don't know. Put a shitload of people at risk now. <laughs> I know, except for Patrick Swayze. Oh, rest in peace, Patrick. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway. that's been our best review, easily. 
<laughs> oh, one last thing I like about this movie is that Pony Boy is the kid who quotes the the um, poem, yeah, mm-hmm. Robert Frost poem, which I like because it's it's one more thing that's like setting him apart, which yeah. is in real distinction yeah. to uh, the uh, Goldfinch. Uh, I can't imagine. Did you guys read that or yeah. see the movie? Yeah, I read it, I think. I don't remember it, though. Well, Wait, did I read that? The problem with the, the goldfinch is that the boy quotes poetry who also meets up with a kid who's a thief and whatever who quotes poetry. I'm like, okay. Te- number of teenage boys who are rough and tough and quote oh. poetry and all that. It's like... Too many, too many poetry quoters. Yeah, here. yeah. So, I liked it because then, then uh, you know, Johnny is like, you know, kind of a l- not in awe, but a little bit like, oh, you know, you know, like, like he's recognizing his, his friends different. Yeah, you yeah. know, setting mm-hmm. which which helps set up that he's you know going to be a writer. Anyway, I thought I you, thought the the subtle subtlety of it was nice. You reminded yeah. me that that uh, Pony Boy was actually. Um, doing an essay for a class which he needed to not fail the class, I believe. I'm, I read yeah, they this. Cut that. Yeah, they cut that. So I think they put that back in the extended version. I'm, I'm sure it made more sense because <laughs> because he only gets the, he gets the, does the first line in the in the beginning and then at the end he does the same line and you're like oh what he's writing uh, the outsiders now what? Yeah. But the context is that he needs that you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, uh, I had one other thing to add. Um, in my, my memory of the movie again was, uh, off. I had a, a bit of a Mandela effect going on where I was almost certain the line was stay golden pony boy. Yeah. I've, done I've that always too. thought of it that way. I've said it to people like stay golden there, you know, <laughs> um, you're not the only one because they say it wrong in Step Brothers too. Is that what? Oh, do they? When she, go, when she goes oh, and they... pees in the urinal and she's like, stay golden, pony boy. <laughs> ah, Which just re- yeah, I just reinforced it since I've seen Step Brothers a few times, <laughs> far more recently than The Outsiders. So, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's now a collective Mandela thing where yeah. we all think of it, but it is stay gold and the song is stay gold. Not yeah. Stay, you know. Which to me now sounds weird because for, I mean, we're talking like however long, nearly 30 years I've thought of it as that. Yeah. Huh. Well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we get for tacking on extra stuff for our, on our review. Yeah. <laughs> Our listeners are like, just shut up already. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's enough movie buff. I'm out. All right. Hasta lasagna. Thanks for listening. We're going to Kansas. We're going to Missouri. I'm to, I'm to the White House.